This is the Lattice Training Podcast, where we bring you the best in climbing performance and training from the world's elite athletes, thought leaders, and coaches. Hello, everyone who has tuned in to the podcast today. You have on the show Maddie Cope, who is one of our coaches at Lattice, and you have myself, and we're going to be having a discussion all about expectation and satisfaction within climbing. And this is really a follow-up session from a recording that we did a couple of weeks ago that you'll find on our podcast, which was called Tom and Maddie Fear of Falling and Goal Setting Tools. So go and have a listen to that one if you enjoy listening to this podcast because they, they kind of go together in quite a nice little way. But otherwise, I think we might as well just dive straight into it, Maddie, and start talking about really that role of expectations and how that plays into performance and climbing. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that talking about expectation and satisfaction are actually really good tools for sort of actually thinking about fear in climbing even if it's fear of falling so you mentioned the last time we got together to chat about this and we did talk about fear of falling and of course there is an element of exposure a very natural sensation of fear that might go with falling but something I see a lot and I've definitely felt myself is that when you know my expectations are really high such that it gives me a fear of failure I actually get it manifests itself for example, as a fear of falling or as feeling really distracted at the crag. And so I think it's interesting for, well, maybe people listening to reflect. I definitely reflected on this. Why am I scared of falling? And one of those things, I think, is really high expectations of yourself such that you really you you fear you're actually going to fall short of them. Yeah, it's, it's there's definitely a pattern of how you you use that factor of expectation and how it relates back into performance but I also think that there's there's almost like two sides to be aware of it on in the sense that you will commonly see athletes or humans as a whole will perform to a higher standard on the whole and I know it's research backed if expectations are set higher So they will default to that higher expectation, but it comes with a double-edged sword that if it's framed up incorrectly or wrongly, or you don't have mechanisms in place to deal with whether they're realistic expectations or whether they're anxiety-inducing expectations, they almost have a negative effect. And it's quite sort of conflicting in a way in terms of that that, um, uh, sort of concept of how it works within performance. Yeah, I guess it it sort of um, comes into that whole concept of flow as well and essentially challenge level. And I guess what's setting an expectation for someone, the way in which it can be motivating is it's that it's a high enough challenge level that it engages you. But like you said, the problem comes is like, where's that fine line where you tip over into essentially a too high expectation such that it's overwhelming? And I guess one of the things we can talk about is how to find that line for yourself and how to maybe understand whether you're overstepping it. And, uh, you know, I think a big part when it comes to any of this stuff is kind of asking yourself questions so that you understand your expectations and your motivation, because I think it's very easy to sort of say, oh, I had a 
terrible session today. I expected to do this and I, I didn't even get anywhere near that or something. So that was like the narrative. And then that's where it stops. And someone carries that into their next session and on and on. They've actually not sat down and thought, okay, well, what were my expectations? And why is it that I fell X amount short of them such that it was like, you know, distressing to me or demotivating? So I guess it's that role that if someone did want to see like a mental training coach, often the role they play is to to ask you questions such that you you realize and answer yourself. And I think people to a certain extent can do this themselves. Yeah, I mean, so much of this comes back to that feedback loop loop and self-reflection and analyzing the path that led up to the moment and then taking some kind of action or reflection or recording afterwards. One, as you were just saying that, one method or strategy that I was reminded of that I use quite a bit, and I've seen a few others use it as well in terms of expectations, is that I tend to split expectations into short-term and long-term expectations. And what I mean by this is on the long-term, so a week, a month, a year, my lifetime and career in climbing, I tend to set expectations really, really high, almost a little too high. But coupled with that is loads of time spent thinking about how I strategize that I break it down, I chunk it, what things am I going to put into place to achieve that longer term, very high expectation. But then on the day and in the moment, I flip it completely the other way. And right at the base of the route, I tend to use loads of really low expectation in terms of how I set things. And the way it works really well for me on that is that the long-term, long-term one being very high, I have a method for that and it works well. But in the moment at the crag, when I set off on a, a really hard red point or an on-site, for example, I go, I'll have a look. I'll see, I'll see how it feels. I don't have any, I don't even know if I'll top out on this thing. I'll just concentrate on a flow or feeling great or executing well. And that tends to actually work really, really well. Yeah, I guess that's um, sort of the balance of pressure. So a lot of people also perform well when they feel like it's a very low pressure scenario. And so people can, like you said, you can almost create this narrative where you take pressure off yourself. And something that I do, and I think we're always like a little different on these, which is why it's always so interesting to chat, is that I quite like to manage my expectations a little bit more in real time, maybe. So I'm trying a project and what I find really works for me is that I really reflect on my session such that I feel the expectation I set for the next one is well informed. So something I've definitely fallen into in the past and I know that I hear other climbers talk in a way that makes me think they're falling into this trap too is that memories of how you feel on a given move, on a given project really shift with time and if you're wanting to do it, it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that that bit will go easily. Oh, yeah, no, that bit was fine. And that language we use says to ourselves, the expectation is that you will find that easy. And then when you don't find it easy and you're not focused enough and you take don't take that right um, sort of level of arousal to the root, it suddenly starts to feel hard. So I try to 
make sure that I really reflect on my session in an honest way in that moment when I'm there, because I find that helps me form a better memory of how it was. And then I can make a better decision on what I can expect the next session. Because we all know that if we were linking four moves one session, we're not going to be doing the route the next session. But we know that is not like a logical step. So yeah, I find making sure that that step is just incremental and logical keeps me really motivated and allows me to take good satisfaction away because these two are linked because if I go into a session with really high expectations that are maybe misinformed and then I walk away having had a terrible session I'm also suddenly way less satisfied and so you know obviously this all plays into us not enjoying climbing as much as we could. And do you think there's much of a difference between a an oral recording so so saying it to your friends or your climbing partner or your housemates how your session went versus logging it and putting it down in a a word document or in a booklet that you keep in your climbing bag do you think there's a difference between those forms of recording so I actually yeah it's interesting and I've tried different things for both methods so I definitely do the writing down one because I think something that is really nice is to sit quietly and reflect and not be influenced by maybe what someone else is saying, especially if they're trying the route with you, which is often a situation I'm in. It's hard not to, you don't want to get the lines blurred with how they have done on the route in that session. And I also find it like quite easy to be really honest with myself when it's not said out loud to someone else. And I think you know, it's okay maybe to be like, oh, you know what, my expectations were really high. That might have been because of this external pressure or, or, you know, whatever it is. I think it's very easy to be very honest with myself in writing. So do you tend to keep a diary when I'm trying something or when I'm on a trip? Um, And I can look back at that and reflect. But I do think it's important to share it out loud as well. If you are climbing with someone who you feel will not well call you out sounds bad but you know who will like um challenge you on on what you're saying but um I think often when I tend to talk out loud I lean slightly towards the more positive because I found that creates a whole environment that's more positive and plays into my enjoyment as well but I think it's quite nice to have that private time reflecting where you can actually just be super honest and write whatever you want and no one's going to see it (laughs) I want to have a little look into Maddie's training diary and see that see the stuff that you've been writing now. Uh, I mean, it's really actually probably not that exciting, but I think it's it's I I have found it useful in the moment because I think and you know like you I'm pretty sure there's like um, studies to back this up of how our memory changes over time. We think our memory is this solid thing, and I think the realization that it's actually not that solid <laughs> is useful when it comes to expectations. Something which. I was noticing the other day, which was a habit that a lot of climbers got into in, uh, when would this be? Sort of the year 2010-ish in that kind of bracket. And it's actually quite a nice resource for those listening to go and have a bit of a, a look around on the internet. Is a lot of top climbers in those years were keeping very extensive blogs from when they were going out climbing. And they have loads of reflective thoughts and I was reading someone's blog the other day from about 2000, yeah, about 2010. And it was brilliant. It was such a, a sort of 
affirming task to go through and go, this person is an incredible climber and I can see where they're having doubts, they're having good days, they're having bad days. They're talking about where they are on their project, what's realistic. Did they overcook it with their training versus going outside? And actually, I would probably encourage others to go and have a look at that because you can see how people do it at the top end. And it's nothing special in a way. It's just recording thoughts. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's so... It's always a knock-on effect, right, isn't it? I guess we see this with certain nutritional interventions or something it's like there's some intervention and suddenly someone's way healthier but is it the actual intervention or is it all the behaviors that have like come you know sort of spread out from that one change and I think for me when I sit down and actually write so I don't type it on my phone either it's like pen and paper um, you know, it's a pretty quiet time to like reflect quite honestly. I also run through the movements. And I think when it comes to movement learning, not going on a route and then suddenly going on your phone and being really distracted, like I think helps me really remember the movements and those patterns helps me visualize. I've got a better sense of the feeling of the route, um, you know, because I've just been on it. Um, maybe it's actually not that it's meditative in itself, but maybe you um, sort of end up putting the pen down and you just breathe for a bit and you're almost a bit kind of like just focusing on that and it is a bit much it's like all those different um things that spread out from that one choice to sit down with a pen and paper a little bit earlier on when we first started chatting you were talking about expectations and distractions and how that played into the whole fear of falling uh, element within climbing and I know it's one that literally thousands tens of thousands probably hundreds of thousands of climbers all around the world struggle with can you tell me a little bit about where your where your thoughts lead on on that subject well on how like um I guess distractions playing into fear of falling rather than the exposure and the actual like sensation of falling themselves yeah and I mean it's an interesting one because I almost think it's something I have experienced more than just that pure sensation of falling and maybe not knowing what it'll be like, you know, maybe I know some people think that the gear will fail or, you know, all of that sort of, I don't even know what you'd call it, but the almost more logical side of fear of falling. Um, but yeah, I actually sit in, um, yeah, that category where I actually find that my expectations and there's maybe more like external pressures and stuff, they distract me from what I'm doing. And when I'm less focused, I am become much more scared. And I, I think it's just that there's always two ways of thinking about it. Like doing, in my mind, doing full practice and becoming more comfortable with that environment is, is obviously really useful. But there's always your response to the environment. And so looking at it from more from that perspective, what I have found useful is using exercises, techniques, approaches that keep me really focused on the climbing and enjoying it. And having quite like a curious mindset such that I'm more focused on the climbing and the fall drops away. Um, and, you know, that's maybe also worth someone trying, even if actually what they're just really scared of is that sensation of falling and the exposure. I still think covering both sides with like different approaches really, really helps. And, and expectations is just one of those things I find really distracting, um, you know, especially if, because if you go in, if I go into the day and suddenly my sensation and experience on a route 
is way off and doesn't match my expectation. And then suddenly really distracted about that. Why do I feel like this? Oh, you know, maybe negative thought loops. I'm not good enough to do this route. Just all these things essentially just taking away from my focus on the climb. And then like, you know, oh, that bolt's really far away. You know, just it suddenly seems a much further distance to get to that next bit of gear. Um, Yeah, so I do feel like it can spiral from there. And so it's really nice if you think, or I find to just really think about my expectation and where my satisfaction comes from in a session that just really actually helps with my fear of falling. I, I I always love that concept. I don't use it enough. I don't think about it enough about that curious mindset when it comes to climbing because as soon every time you you bring that concept up and say those words it always reminds me of some of my favorite climbing experiences where I was just so deeply in the flow and felt great and I'd be like it's really I can visualize it really strong strongly even now is that as you're moving you're going oh wow look at the way that edge forms I can't wait to put my toe on it and just turn the tip of my toe in on that and rock over and I can see that piece of lichen over there my I know my knee is going to edge over towards that and I feel that sensation of where my hips just rock into just that right position and it's almost like an excitable oh wow climbing is so interesting and I'm in the moment I'm feeling everything is you're climbing and you're so engrossed in that climbing experience that you literally don't think about the gear, the rope, the exposure, because you're so fascinated by the experience that you're right in right now. Yeah. And I mean, I think it it goes also beyond we're sort of almost, um, I don't want us to paint this picture like if you take that approach you're never going to fall or fail or like you know you of course you might still fall short of whatever expectation you set for the day but when you fall it's not your instant emotion is not this frustration at yourself because you've fallen short of this bar you laid out and instead it's instantly like oh interesting why did I fall off which is great because you don't miss this opportunity to really reflecting that moment on what it was that you did wrong was it a foot placement was it you know and I think the climbers that you see do really well when it comes to project and learning on projects and progressing on them really quickly it's because they have that clearer mind I think such that those like emotions don't flood in when they fall off and that you see people with super high expectations they fall off and it's just instant outrage or frustration and they've really lost an opportunity there um you know and I've, I've fallen into that category as well like totally um and I've always definitely felt that I lost really an opportunity to walk away from that session having learned something um and again that falls into the satisfaction category um I think something I I do think is important as well when it comes to expectations which we do sort of talk about a lot and it, it probably just sounds a bit um repetitive but I think you all it's always worth putting them into context context when it comes to like a super stressful week at work or something that might knock you know not necessarily well might knock your performance down or might um you might want to be able to adjust your expectations I think being flexible with that is always important yeah yeah I totally see that, especially with the, the the learning side of things and talking about the satisfaction 
and the happiness that you get out of climate. And I spot that very much in those around me, individuals that I coach and I see them constantly do quite well with their climbing and progress. And I see it in my own climbing experience because the more that you can frame up any kind of climbing experience, whether it was a fall or you didn't get as high as you did or you uh, forgot a sequence is if you can go, I learned this, then it ends up being a much more, I don't want to put it like too cliched, but a more, not necessarily a poor positive experience, but a more productive experience, which builds back into your chances of improving your performance and your enjoyment in the next, the next time that you go out or the next attempt that you have. And I also see a pattern that is not always necessarily about learning. I do wonder whether it's sometimes about just understanding who you are as a person and what you get out of experiences in life. So one might be learning. You might have a real thirst for learning. So if you focus on that factor, whatever happens in that experience, I learned something great. This is a really productive thing to do. You might be someone who just loves fun. If you can somehow frame that up into being a fun thing, like for me, I really hate heights. I really struggle there. I don't like falling very much. But when I have those experiences where I kind of struggle a little bit, I actively make sure that I tell myself and people around me, I go, oh my God, I was terrified, but that was so much fun. Even if it kind of isn't because it tricks my brain, I feel like, into sort of framing it in a different way. And I know that fun for me is like a really high value system within my climbing and my, my journey in climbing. So maybe it's also about just identifying the things which are of value to you as an individual and honing in on those in that experience with expectations and failure and fear, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's always an exercise you can do. I think we actually all did it as a team. I remember like where you can find these, um, groups of words online I can't remember the exact name of this process but um essentially there's loads of words things like fun challenge excitement adventure just like all these different words there's there's nothing to do with climbing you could do this with anything and you essentially choose I think it was about five or even four of the ones that are like you know really integral to your climbing and what you want to get from it and then when it comes to satisfaction obviously you want to make sure that those things either align with the goals you set or they're things you look for in your day a bit like you said so really when it comes to satisfaction when we want to push our climbing it comes down to really looking at that full spectrum of what success is if you want to go out and project and enjoy it you cannot consider success to only be clipping the chains (laughs) I think that that is probably not conducive to having a really like enjoyable um, and satisfying process on that route, because obviously that will only be the last day you walk away from the route. So maybe you need to think, okay, what is it? What do I really value when it comes to success? That isn't clipping the chains. Like you said, it might be having fun from the day. It might be learning something. Maybe it is sending something. So you really need to work to envisage that crook section as like a boulder on the floor. And when you link it, you've you've sent it. And it's like this real send moment. Um, But whatever that is, I think it's, like you said, understanding what you as an individual, 
you know, really get something from and then and then really honing in on that and looking for it in you, your day. But I think I've definitely found that that whole spectrum of success has worked really well when I'm projecting because I walk away from the day being like, oh, yeah, like that's what I like achieved today. That little success, you'd almost put in like, you know, air quotes, wouldn't you? Because it's not sending the route, but it's like you linked that section or you climbed that bit really well or you or you just had fun on it even though actually you had had a really stressful week at work you managed to just be really focused and had fun and that was actually a big success um and I think this does play into something though that I've experienced I don't know if you have where sometimes when I have actually sent a project that I've put a lot of time into that satisfaction that I felt hasn't been quite the mega rush that you might expect. And I know maybe other people feel this too. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I always just feel like I've probably like taken lots of little payouts of sort of satisfaction along the way with the project when you like sort of hit all those like mini successes along the way. It's, it's definitely a common factor within those that I see achieve and, and do you know, things that people see as being successful or the pinnacle of that person's year or whatever they achieve, whether it's myself or others that I climb with or train, I think it's a very, very common thing. Uh, people are very practiced with their process and their journey. So they get a lot of satisfaction out of that part. So that's a very finely tuned thing. And they will, people comment on it and go, why has this person moved on so quickly? They just did the first 515 or they just on-sited their first 8a why are they three days later talking about their next one it's because they don't have quite as much value on the outcome part of it even though it is important it's just not as high within that process and my personal experience with that is that I have quite a mixed feeling about achieving at the end certain things I will for whatever number the grade they get or for however long that project took to do, I can just have such a cold experience. I'm like, great, nice, another 8C, whatever, crack. Um, And it was nice, but it is literally passed within a day and I don't have any particular huge satisfaction. But there are others where I have a massive lasting satisfaction. And I think those ones have been where I've truly learned something about myself during the achieving part of things so for example the one that was a really big change and moment in my climbing career was century crack because during the actual send moment I learned so much about myself as an individual just like this flood of things all within a 20 minute period and that remained to me as a very satisfying thing for months and months because the experience taught me so much but other things like cobra crack for example i didn't actually learn that much apart from maybe take some take some tape off your finger uh just before red pointing successfully so it actually disappeared very quickly it was gone in a couple of days it's like ah cool um so i think it's some ways what you get out the actual send in the end do you think that for you for example taking those is um sort of essentially down to how deep you had to dig on the actual send because I know I've had that where some things I've 
worked and I almost wonder whether I should have sent it sooner you know with more of a fight and then it almost feels like you walk up it and that has a really nice feeling to it but maybe is that kind of what you mean when you say that you really learned something on the um successful plant, uh, red point of something like century crack versus cobra crack or is it something else that you could really sort of predictably seek like in the next experience do you know what I mean is it something that when you set out on a project you actually don't know how that send is going to feel but if you do really have to dig deep you might just um value that actual send more or is it or have you learned something from that experience that you project forward when you look into other goals I'd definitely say for something like century that was a com- two main things one was that it was the point where I learned that I could pull everything together from something that was totally unachievable and build all the little building blocks and over a long period could make a massive kind of fundamental change in my climbing or what I was able to achieve. And in that moment, I kind of crossed the threshold of self-belief and I really felt it. I remember sitting on the top and going, you know what, I can properly believe in myself finally and I'd had a lot of doubts until that moment but that was the first one where I went Tom you can do this you can actually believe in yourself and you know what you're going to do this again and you're going to apply this time and time again across the rest of your life in all other areas because you proved it to yourself and it was that belief in process and chunking and fundamentally changing yourself as an individual and that was very acute. And I think I've kind of done that lots and lots of times since then. And then secondly was the uh, sort of flow experience that I got in terms of repeating this mantra all the way through the route and learning how effective that was for me and getting to the top of the route and going, huh, that was really interesting. I didn't set out to do that particularly. I just found it somehow in the moment. I've now got a tool here that could be really useful for the future. So I like walked away from the top of that room and went, I've got self-belief and I've crossed a major threshold and I've got this tool about flow. That's way better than this off width in a way. <laughs> and that's what I walked away with. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think so people listening, you might experience that on a given route. And I guess just the interesting to think, thing to think about is if you don't experience that, why was that? And, you know, it may simply be, I feel like I've really enjoyed some routes, been really motivated for them, but the satisfaction at the end just hasn't been mega on the send for a number of reasons, some of which you've kind of touched on really. Like I often feel like I might have got it so dialed that it felt like a little bit of a formality, the send. Um, And, you know, I've done things that I hadn't even really cared about but really fought on and got a high level of satisfaction. And all of these are okay to me. I just like to think about those scenarios where I didn't feel maybe quite the satisfaction I thought and why that is. Because if you can take that forward and be like, oh, you know what, actually, maybe it's a certain style or this, there is actually a sort of um, characteristic of that goal that you set or that route that didn't actually satisfy you as much as you thought, then you can, you know, take that going forward and set slightly different goals or or something and I think that's that's kind of always um something I 
I find really useful, especially as we're, we're always changing as people as well and what we value and get satisfaction out of. And I think some climbers can fall into the trap of like, oh, this grade of sport route. Okay, now in this grade of sport route and then this sport route. And that might be totally fine for someone. But someone else might start to see really quite a diminishing satisfaction and, you know, enjoy their climbing less. Yeah. So to to round everyone out listening in terms of this, you know, the concept around particularly kind of satisfaction and how that comes back into expectations and climbing enjoyment and things like that. Could you leave us with a few markers or items that when you get to the end of a a climbing day or a project that you've just done or a training session where if these things happen and you kind of think about them, the, the feelings you get, you'll go, actually, satisfaction was low. What are those markers for you personally that satisfaction was low? And then what are the markers for you personally that satisfaction was high? How does that look for you when you do that reflection exercise? Oh, yeah, that's it's, it's interesting because it probably just says something about me and that actually my aim is to always take some degree of satisfaction from it so I think it's looking for the satisfaction and sometimes it's really obvious I suppose um and for me that often comes from a feeling of um smooth movement actually for example in in climbing or staying calm when I'm trying hard and challenging myself or above a fall like that feeling of calm focus to me is like really sort of um intrinsically satisfying but if I've not felt that so if I felt that it's it's kind of all easy I suppose (laughs) but if I haven't felt that rather than categorize it as a low satisfaction day I think what my process is is to be like okay what was satisfying out of that that day and I, I probably do have a bit of a a hierarchy of things I go through like for me learning something from the day is really useful and that could be a more technical thing like a clipping position some beta a movement it could be something more about that day itself like for me like okay it's actually I'm two days out from my period maybe it's not the best day to expect this of myself maybe my emotional emotional regulation isn't quite as it could be to try and get that calm focus that I find really satisfying okay, actually what I'm taking away from this day is that next time this comes around in my cycle, I'm going to apply, I'm going to set a different expectation for my day um, to, you know, feel like I, you know, enjoy it more or I get more of that um, calm focus that I find really intrinsically satisfying. So yeah, I think that that's probably more my process than kind of trying to mark it as a low satisfaction day. I probably do that every so often, right? But but the main aim is to try to try and find the satisfaction. And I think for me, probably over year, the years, I have just created a little hierarchy list in my, my mind that I quite organically start to go through. Hmm. Interesting. I always love how different we are in terms of our approach and thinking of this stuff, because as yeah, like many people know, me and you have a very similar interest in discipline in our climbing and we do quite a similar pursuit and we've both done stuff at a decent high level. Um, but we are very different because, yeah, I'm way more of a chaos monkey in just going for whatever in terms of the sort of as the experience happens. And I don't set things up 
half as well as you do, but I will on the back end spend loads of time thinking through it afterwards and trying to identify the things that I got very high levels of satisfaction out of it and going, okay, Tom, those two things, they were good, great on satisfaction. Try and key in on those things for the next time that you do it. And I'll brush off all the other crap that I didn't like. I'll just go, ah, it's just noise. It's off on the side. And maybe maybe that's why I still struggle with things like, you know, a, a lot of anxiety on certain parts of the year. And I've got just too much, um, yeah, chaos and non-systemized <laughs> method to do with it. But right at the end, I somehow kind of deal with it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I guess one thing, just as a closing note, and this is something someone told me or shared with me years ago, but I actually quite often think about it, is that happiness equals reality minus expectation. And I always try and think about that formula. If I do feel that my happiness isn't really where I would want it to be in my climbing, I find that formula just really helps me think about which side it is, because sometimes it might be that the reality is just a bit rubbish injuries you you know obviously that reality can can take a hit or it could be the expectation side and then then you sort of know what you're dealing with (laughs) yeah that's great I'm gonna in fact I'm gonna take that right now and I'm gonna have a little think think about it from my training session from yesterday and get my reality minus expectation well um yeah thanks so much uh Maddie for um Uh, chatting through that concept and uh, I'm glad we've got to go through in part two there from the previous episode that we talked about um, goal setting and fear etc so anyone listening um, that will be found on our podcast just in the general listings it's also on our website in the podcast section of the website where you can find lots of other topics and lots around that topic of mindset and performance psychology as well And otherwise, we will uh, let you get on with your day wherever you all are. Hope you've got some training or climbing or potentially resting planned. And we will see you again very soon.